0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 267. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kingdom of God. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Last week, we started a study on the kingdom of God, specifically looking at references in the New Testament to the kingdom of God. We talked about how easier it was for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And we also talked about how when Jesus was accused of casting out demons by the power of demons, he used references to the kingdom of God to talk about a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. To start with, we're going to finish up the final two references to the kingdom of God in Matthew, and these are in Matthew 21, starting in verse 28. And to put a little context here, Jesus is teaching in the temple in Jerusalem, and he's just been asked, by whose authority are you doing these things? And he doesn't answer the question. He asks them whose authority John the Baptist was using, and they can't answer that question without getting in trouble with the crowds. And so he tells them these two parables, and these would be related to the Pharisees. Matthew 28, Matthew 21, verse 28. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the older son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. They come and they ask Jesus about his authority. And Jesus doesn't say in this particular verse, but it is implied in the next two parables, that his authority comes because of the kingdom of God, because that is where Jesus' authority resides, that he has been put in charge of this new kingdom that is coming into being and that John the Baptist was a precursor for. And so when they ask him about authority, he asks them about John the Baptist and says, you know, whose authority was he teaching by? And they can't answer because they don't want to say he was, came with the authority of God because then he'll say, why didn't you believe him? And they can't say that he was a false prophet because the people will stone them. So he tells this story about two sons, one who does what the father wants, but first complains and says he isn't going to, and one who says he's going to but doesn't. And obviously the most important thing, and they answer the question correctly, who does the father's will? The one who actually gets off the couch and does it. It doesn't matter what we say as much as it matters what we do. I can say I'm going to do something till I'm blue in the face. If I don't do it, I haven't done it. And he uses this in the context of the kingdom of God. So he gets back to John the Baptist and he says, John the Baptist came and he talked about repentance. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And you didn't listen to him. But these other people, these sinners, and I mean sinners, people who are notorious for their sin, tax collectors who are working for the enemy, who are working for the occupying power, prostitutes, they hear they hear John the Baptist and they change, they repent, they turn around, they turn towards the direction of the kingdom. And he doesn't say to the Pharisees, you're not going to get in the kingdom of God. He says, these other people are going to get in first. He says, these other people are headed in the right direction. These other people are entering the kingdom of God. There is an emphasis placed in this particular parable on what we do, on what we choose through our actions. That's not to say that we are justified by our works, as we Protestants are afraid to say but that our works matter, that what we actually do when we get off the couch and do something, that it matters, and that it matters to the kingdom of God. The second parable, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a winepress in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir, come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring those wretches to a wretched end. They replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who give him his share of the crop at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, have you never read In the Scriptures, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. Now, one thing that we need to keep in mind with this story of the tenants and the owner is who the owner is. This is not the tenant's vineyard. They didn't create it. They don't own it. They didn't deserve it. They were rented it. And if we think about Jesus' audience and who he's talking about, he's talking to the people of Israel or the people of Judah, those who are left from the people of Israel. Remember, we just finished this study of second, First, and Second Samuel. And who was the king in Israel at the beginning of that book? Well, God was. God, in fact, did not intend for them to have another king, did not want for them to have another king, but they decided they wanted to have another king. So this is God's kingdom where they're standing at that point was, in a very literal sense, the kingdom of God first. And so it is God's kingdom and it is rented to them, is Jesus' analogy here, is that all that you see is God's first. Now, I think that that's true of us also, that all that we have been given is God's first, and we only have it for a time. And we know that our time is limited here and that when we leave this planet when we and when we leave this life we don't take it with us so in a very literal sense everything we have we have only for a time we can only rent so the second thing is when the landowner sends messengers and says okay give me my share of the harvest he's doing what is his right it's his land he built the watchtower he planted the vineyards he built the wall And he's saying, I rented it to you so that you could run it, and then you would give me my share. Now it's time. But, of course, the people don't because they have lost sight of whose this is, right? When the owner's son comes, they say, if we kill him, then we can keep this. Well, they're not going to keep this. In fact, the landowner is going to come. He will bring the wretches to a wretched end. I love the poetry of that sentence. They're never going to have this. It's not theirs. And they've forgotten both the right and also the authority and the power of the landlord when they even think about doing what they do, when they mistreat the servants, when they kill the son. So Jesus tells them this story. They correctly determine what would be the fate of these wretches and then said, Have you not read in the scriptures when it says, The stone the builders reject becomes the chief cornerstone? Jesus is going to be rejected by the chief priests and the elders by his people. And he says, because of that, I want you to know that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people who will produce fruit. It's surprising the number of times in the Bible, and this is, I think, especially for me who grew up in a Protestant tradition, the number of times that that fruitfulness and works and those sorts of things are emphasized by Jesus. It's really quite a recurring theme. We had the parable just ahead of this, but at this point he's saying, if you don't show that you're an apple tree by producing apples, I'm going to take you out of the apple orchard. That he's telling these scribes and these Pharisees in particular that What you have will be taken away and given to someone who will use it wisely, given to someone who will do the good with it that the owner intends. And of course, the chief priests understand that Jesus is talking about them. He's already said the tax collectors and sinners are getting into the kingdom of God ahead of them, and now he's saying they may not be getting in at all. So in these two sections, what do we learn about the kingdom of God? One is, it's God's kingdom, it's his rules, it's his to give, and that he is looking for people who will be fruitful, people who will produce what God intends them to produce. And remember that a vineyard that doesn't produce fruit is useless. It might be pleasing to look at, but the purpose of a vineyard is to produce fruit. The purpose of the kingdom of God, the purpose of God's people, the purpose of the church is to be fruitful it's not to be pretty to look at it's not to be fun to go to on sunday morning it's to be fruitful it's to change the world around it through the lives of those in it that that is god's intention in his kingdom with that we're going to end this episode of the bible study podcast We'll continue on with this study as we go into Mark next week, as we look at many of the passages in Mark that mention the kingdom of God. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at com or leave a comment on this episode at com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And if you're enjoying the Bible Study Podcast, please go into iTunes and leave a five-star review as it helps people find the show. And as always, thanks so much for listening.